Hey guys, we're going to start the normal intro in just a moment, but before the episode starts, I wanted to talk to you directly about a couple behind-the-scenes things that are going on uh, this last week. Number one, the podcast broke 750 downloads last week. Thank you. I Thank you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I've talked a little bit before about podcast metrics and how it's kind of a tricky environment right now, knowing exactly what the point of reference is for where you should be after X amount of time. Podcasting isn't like YouTube where you have a whole lot of data. And there there are some people with metrics as to where you should be after so much time and what a successful podcast looks like. But even to find those, one, they're rather relative, and two, I have to dig pretty deep, and everyone kind of has a different standard that they're pulling from different places and different niches. And this niche is, is very unique and overlaps in a lot of places. So what I did for my first year, which we started in January, was I wanted to do a 1,000 downloads in the first year. Right now, we're on track to break that next month. Thank you. Guys, I can do all sorts of things to promote the show. I can do drawings on Instagram. I can network with people directly and find these amazing guests that I am blessed to have on the show. I'm under no allusion to anything else. I am blessed. But I'm also blessed because you guys are the ones who are intentionally pressing the play button and listening all the way through the show. Guys, without you, those numbers don't exist. The The show doesn't go anywhere. I really, really appreciate you, and I, and I don't want to take that for granted. Thank you for getting the Business RPG to 750 downloads. Thank you. Number two, someone asked me last week when I plan to start a Patreon. And the answer is, I don't know. First off, I'm flattered that someone out there would want to support the show financially, and I'm really humbled by that fact, but the show is simply not yet at a point where I want to start thinking about Patreon content. I haven't even decided if Patreon's the platform I want to go with, and it it's coming. It is coming, guys, but right now, I want to get better as an interviewer. I want to get the show better as far as the network that's set up behind it and as far as the content that's coming out of it. There are just some things I want to fine-tune before I start asking for money because I don't exactly need it right now. There are some things that, I mean, money's always great, and I want to offer that if you specifically want to support the show financially. Um, I, I, I want to receive that blessing. That's that's very kind and supportive. I, I, I really appreciate it, but... For now, instead, what I'd like to ask anyone who wants to donate to the show to do this instead, if you wouldn't mind going back and finding your favorite episode and reaching out to whoever the guest was on that episode. If they're on Instagram, find them on Instagram. If they're on YouTube, if they have an email, whatever it is, the social media that I linked in that episode, just reach out to them. Tell them that you listened to the episode on Business RPG, that you really appreciated the interview, what you liked about it, what you liked about what they said. If there was a quote or something that you learned or were inspired by, just reach out to them and tell them that you appreciate them. Guys, whenever you do that, it makes my day. Whenever you do it to me, because I can speak from experience, whenever you guys reach out to me and say something like that, it has made my day. And I would really like my guests to feel that way as well. So if you just reach out to them, share with them the community and the love that you share with me, that is what I would ask from you guys at this point if you're wanting to support the show financially. I'll let you guys know when we get to the point that Patreon's going to be a thing. 
I have some, actually what I think, humble brag, really cool ideas for tiers that we could probably work together. Whatever I put out there, you're going to have access to me and my network, and, and we're going to work together. That's that's the kind of community I want to build, one that works together, one that networks together, one that's going to brainstorm with each other. So whatever the group or brain, child, or, or, or mastermind, I guess would be the word, that we put together, it's going to be things that all of us are networking and all of us are building each other up. And hopefully whatever your project is will benefit from it. So that's still down the road. Guys, sorry for rambling. I just really wanted to touch base and just talk about some behind the scenes stuff. But now let's go to the original content. You are listening to the Business RPG Podcast, a show where you can learn from successful nerds and find the tools that you need to grow your nerdy business or project. My name is Sir Isaac, and I would like to extend to you an open invitation to be part of the community and to keep the conversation going. You can find me on Instagram at Business RPG and let me know what it is that you do as a nerd, be it professionally or recreationally. It gives me an idea of who to have on the show next, and I'm always open to guests suggestions cough cough dm me cough cough guys let me know who you'd like to have on the show i am here to provide value for you congratulations are in order to our drawing winner the special pack of pokemon cards goes to jimmy Botoys, the pokemon enthusiast who happens to live just a few miles away from my hometown in kansas it is super crazy how the world works sometimes. He gave me his address, and it's like, oh, hey, I was born, like, right next to there. It, it's kind of kind of scary. Jimmy, I'll be sending those cards your way very soon, and thank you so much to Jimmy and everyone who entered the drawing. We had about 60 different people all who entered the drawing. That is crazy to me. Um, that uh, thank you, <laughs> thank you guys. We're gonna have another drawing coming up. It's it's not gonna be Pokemon cards for the next one, but I foresee that being a regular thing we do, or we can get some Pokemon cards in there. You know, uh, it just seems to be the popular thing right now. I'm 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 not above following trends. It's called data. It's called research. But we'll get more um coming up, guys. So just keep an eye on the Instagram at Business RPG and follow the show. I'll be promoting it. Uh, very, very soon. I already know what it is. I'm, I'm really excited to share it with you guys. You're going to love it. This week's guest again is the multi-talented artist and inventor Joe Bleeps. The guy acts like I flatter him too much, but if you've been on his social media or his website since the last interview, you'll be quick to agree with me that he is just about the most talented, skilled guy out there in this nerd niche. In this episode, we talk about his chiptune music, which I had to separate from the rest of the episode because it's it's just a really unique subject in and of itself. And I I it, it just didn't fit the rest of the interview. And I, I really should have just done two interviews with him back to back and spent more time doing chip music. But another really valuable point of this interview, and I think you'll agree with me, is the perspective that Joe has about working on passion projects. I think his skill and his ambition has led him to a different perspective than you or I are able to really have at the very start of what we're working on. He's worked on so many different things and at so many different levels that he's 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 just able to connect the dots in a way that 
we might get blinded from in our in our I guess greed or ambition when we're thinking about the money we can make or or getting the followers. He's got a very down to earth approach to working on passion projects, which is not something extremely common in the niches that I run in. So I'd like to start with this question. How many projects that you have a passion for have you actually started? Would life look any different if you had started? And have you ever been grateful for what you've learned after getting a project rolling, after getting your hands dirty and and putting some episodes behind you for a podcast or videos behind you or or mods behind you or, or whatever it is that it is that you've been working on once you've actually gotten started? Have you just paused and reflected on what you've learned and how life is different now? The main reason for this podcast existing is my own education. I've I've been very upfront about that. And I want to bring as many people along the journey with me. So when you get a professional teacher on the show, you got to milk it for all it's worth. This episode is a bit shorter, but it is crammed full of info for those who want to get into chiptune music, like possibly myself and those who are looking for motivation just to try something. If you are looking for a good example to follow when it comes to creative energy, then you have come to the right podcast. So be sure that you pause right here, subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. And with that, let's start the interview. Well, let's talk about, uh, you call it chip music? Yeah, chip tune. Chip so, tune. Yeah, yeah chip tune. It- there's, there's people will have all sorts of different terms for it, and then it starts off all sorts of different nerdy arguments as to what is chiptune and what counts <laughs> and, and all this. But it, in short, it, it's your sort of bleepy retro sounds put into music, um, most common with Game Boys, but also things like Atari ST, Commodore 64, uh, Amiga, um, all these kind of vintage hardware that part of, of the hardware job was to synthesize sound, to have as the music within the games that were running on there. And the chiptune scene is about trying to harness those sound chips, which had very distinctive sounds to them, just like, you know, all sorts of different classic synthesizers, and then create the music with those. So on Game Boy hardware, there's two main ones. There's one called Nanoloop which is a sort of sequencing software that's more common on Game Boy Advance, um, but you can get on the original Game Boy. Um, And the overwhelmingly popular one is LSDJ, or Little Sound DJ. Um, And what you do with that is it's a a ROM, which you then flash onto a cartridge. So basically you, you download the software, you copy it onto a blank, Game Boy cartridge, so you can get like you, you know, like your EverDrive type cartridges or whatever else, where you can copy games onto them and, and that sort of thing. It, it's along those those kind of lines. So you copy this LSDJ software onto the cartridge, and that will work in any Game Boy. Doesn't have to be modified. And then you're greeted at first with a, a quite an alienating screen with just lots of numbers and yeah letters all over it. Um, but it's it's quite quick to pick up. There's a steep learning curve in terms of mastering it, but it's immensely satisfying. And and the thing that I really like about it is that you are working with such limitations. You know, this Game Boy sound chip's got four separate channels of sound. Two of them are like your, your kind of bloops and bleeps. Uh, one of them is just a noise channel, which is just like, um, you know, you sort of filtered hiss. Uh, but you can then use that to create drum sounds. 
So, you know, if you've got this like background that's just like a sss, then if you can program it to kind of have a, a, an attack and decay to go like, sss, then you've got like your hi hats. Then you've got the WAV channel where you can have like samples or you can get like bass sounds. And then when you sequence all those together, you can create some really elaborate sounds. And I got into that just by hearing about it. Um, I think it was on Instagram or just hearing about it online. And I'd listen to some music. I'd be like, oh, that's, that's pretty good. And then I found out that you can modify Game Boys for it. So I got into doing all the Game Boy mods. And then it was like, well, I'd modified these Game Boys. I may as well try this, this software and have a go. So it was hardware first. And then once I've made it, I thought I may as well try the software. So I gave it a go and made some little tunes. And it was good fun. And then I went to a chiptune live show. Um, which I was unaware of before, but then there was this festival. I thought, that sounds kind of cool, kind of nerdy, and they had video games and things like that. So I went along there with a mate, and um, it was, it, it sounds like overstating it, but it was like an epiphany. I was in a room, there were a load of people, there was someone up on stage playing the Game Boys, the, the whole room was full of this sound, and it was just like, this is me. This uh -huh. is everything I've been building up to. I couldn't believe how fantastic it sounded through a big PA. You know, before it, it sounds like, you know, I used to make ringtones on old Nokia phones and things like that. And it was kind of along those lines. It was a fun way of making music. But this was like, you know, this is real music. This is, this is you know, the hairs on the back wow. of my neck were going. There was a whole crowd of people really into it and dancing to it. And it was like, this is really something special. And I was absolutely hooked. Uh, I went to every single chiptune show I could since then. I obsessed in terms of making the music and listening to all these different artists that I was seeing. And then um, about a year on from there, um, there was a show that had, it was, it was a festival and they had like an open mic night on the first night. And I got my first gig there because i signed up to do the open mic and played a little set there and because i've got to know a lot of people through me making the hardware for people i started to get booked on shows as well and then started to play lots of different live shows and get into it from there and recording some of my own music again it's, it's a learning process in terms of how to record it how to produce it how to get it online if there's a process of being able to do something that i've not done before then i'm always up for, for trying it and learning it and yeah, it was it was really really exciting that whole time. When you are getting a Game Boy chip that you're playing through, do you actually get a cartridge with like the software that you put in to play the song? Yeah, you do you mean like when I'm actually playing it? Yeah, yeah, like like, like walk or, me through yeah. the the process, yeah. Yeah, I, one thing and and this is a, a misconception that I had at first as well was that I thought it was like you know, you connect the Game Boy to a computer and you do it all via a computer yeah. and you yeah. access that, that sound chip, but it's not. It's actually the, the whole interface is done on the Game Boy. So you write your entire song with the A button, the B button, start, select, and your D-pad, and that's it. So you create the entire song just through those. So you, you basically, your start button is like your play, pause button. Your A and B do most of your actions your d-pads for navigating around the menus and your select button is like a shift key so that kind of doubles up the functions of your your other buttons and then there's like certain double taps to do different things and you can copy and paste and you can move things around and it's amazing because it's such a simple control interface 
but all the buttons have different commands that they can do. It becomes muscle memory very quickly. So if you're trying to show it to somebody else, right. you get a little bit lost because you don't know how to, you know, I don't know how to take this bit, highlight it, copy and paste it. My thumbs just kind of do it over time. You know, you're just used to doing that. But yeah, the, the whole creative process, you get the software and you get like, you know, like when you play a game and you save your progress, it's basically like that. So the songs that you write, you can then save them onto the cartridge as well. Uh, and they become part of the save file for that game ROM, if you like. Um, so yeah, you can do that and, and you save all of the songs on there. So I've got a number of these different cartridges. So if I'm playing a show, um, it's kind of like, it's almost like being a DJ. So you've got like, say, two Game Boys and a mixer. Mm -hmm. And you might be, while one song is playing, you're queuing up the next one. Um, you can play it live. You can set it up so you've got like different loops and then you can sort of sequence those on the fly while you're playing the, the live set. Um, but also like I often do is you'll just simply load up the things that you've already pre-programmed and then you'll play them. Sometimes, particularly early on, you can, I was into putting like effects over them and things like that. But the more I got into it, the more I wanted that pure Game Boy sound. So I, I kind of left out the other units and I was conscious that when I'd first gone to shows and I'd seen people with all these different effects pedals and pads and things like that around the Game Boys, I thought that that was what was making the sound. And I wanted in front of me when I was on stage, I wanted it to be just the Game Boys. I wanted it to be quite clear that everything was being done with those or as much as possible. Um, so yeah, you, you do everything on the Game Boy, you create it on the Game Boy, you save it on the Game Boy and you play it from the Game Boy. So you're connecting to the mixer that goes through to the PA. So what's coming out of those speakers is actually from the Game Boy hardware itself. Because although you can emulate it, it's all about the authenticity and there's a certain sound to it that you know just sounds right from, mm -hmm. from the original Game Boy. And that's where your modifications come in because you want that sound to be as crystal clear as possible. So you can take it apart and you can reroute your sound signal to get that pure as possible straight to your mixer. You use a word that I keep hearing in, in all my interviews with anyone who's doing something that's retro or vintage authenticity. They, they keep saying, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, it's super special when you have that exact thing. So the sound, the part, the card, whatever it is, I'm, I'm learning a lot about, what makes things special? Is there like a source or, or a place that you would send people who are wanting to get started or who are, are interested? Like, do you have videos on that in your yeah. YouTube? Yeah, I've, I've got one of my videos on YouTube is like an introduction. I've not done it as a tutorial because there's loads of tutorials out there, but it's a basic introduction. It just gives the context. It shows what's on the screen. It explains what all those different numbers and bits mean. And it briefly explains how you create an instrument, how you sequence a little riff and then how you put those together into songs. So I have got a video that, that gets that across. Um, one thing I'll often say to people is, though, that, I mean, LSDJ is now free. It used to be, for the ROM, I think it was like minimum dollars, $5 donation, which is fine. I'm quite happy. Every time I lose my code, I'm quite happy to pay again and, and get that again. But now you can actually download that free. So if you wanted to try it out, you could get an emulator. Um, the one that works best with LSDJ is called BGB. Um, which runs on Windows, you could get the ROM, you could run it through this BGB emulator, and you could try it out, and you'd get a feel for what it's like, and you could follow tutorials online and try and make your own music through that. And if it's for you, then you can get into doing it with the, the original hardware. Um, or if you've got an old Game Boy, then it's simply a case of paying for the, the flash cart to put the ROM on there and then giving it a go. 
Um, but yeah, one of the things that I would always point people towards who are thinking of trying it is just have a go on an emulator because it'll be free. It's a bit confusing at first, but as soon as you get just a little tune working, even if it's just on one channel, just a little, you know, you sequence your notes and then you play and you get your little loop going, you, you'd be hooked from there. Oh man, I'm I'm scared because I, I'm kind of like you. I, I get excited about something when I'm not, I, I move on and I just got over being excited about something which means that there's a gap that's going to get filled very soon. Um, but I'll have to cross that bridge when I get there. What other projects are you working on that you'd like to get the word out about that we haven't talked about concerning Joe Bleeps? There's all sorts of different things that I'm always into, and I've got a list of different things that I'm exploring at the moment. One of the things I'm really into at the moment, though, is um, sort of exploring making music via other means. So I've bought myself like... Um, a clone of um, a 606 baseline, uh, sorry, 303 and a 606. So the 303 is the baseline synthesizer. The 606 is like a drum machine clone. And I've been learning how to use those and how to create music with those. And now I'm getting into linking that in with my Game Boy and, and synchronizing all of those at the same time. So I've got some new mods coming up in terms of being able to synchronize the clock signal from those with the Game Boy so everything's playing and working together. So that's that's what's grabbed me the most at the moment. As I said before, it's moving at such a phenomenal rate. There's always something new coming out. There's new screens to try. Like I, I put a new screen in a Game Boy Pocket for the first time this week. And then, you know, there'll be another screen come along for another console. And, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of trying to keep up, really, at the moment. And every time I do those, I'll, I'll put more videos with the YouTube. The YouTube's definitely my... Um, sort of ongoing project that the outward facing project at the moment and in terms of me just tinkering about in my own time then that's more the music and I'm sure the two of those will will come together at some point as well but it it's it's as I said when we very first started talking I always will follow where my mojo is you know wherever my enthusiasm is I've learned long ago to go with it don't try and keep going with some sense of duty of something that I've started because, you know, life's too short. And if something has got me hyped or excited or enthusiastic, then I will follow that. And I'm wise to the fact that sometimes that interest will just drop off. And then if there's something else grabbing me, then I'll go that way. It all comes together in the end. I like that you give yourself permission to do that. I think a, a lot more people need to be that way because that's not something I see very often. I think people often don't realize just how much what they do is about the process. People forget and they think they're about the end result. You know, if they're a modder or if they build PCs or whatever else, it feels like you're fueled by the end result. But really, once you've got that end result, you're on to the next project. It's all about the process and it's enjoying the process and I do that for everything whether it's learning how, how to do plumbing or tiling I'll take that same approach with it it's something new to learn and do and you know that's probably why I'm a teacher because I try and foster that in my students mm -hmm. as well that's the whole reason that I enjoy the podcast is audio is the thing I, I click with and I really enjoy doing but there's never going to be an end to the show it's a continual process of growth and development and trying new things and it's I mean, fun, but it's fulfilling too. It's it's yeah. it's it's me. I don't know, I don't know how else to put it. The mojo, the, the word you use, the mojo. Yeah. The the big question that I ask all my guests at the end of the show: walk me through some of the goals that you've achieved that you're extremely proud of, and then tell me what are some of the goals that you have for the next twelve months or so. 
in terms of things I achieved, I, I did want to build up a good following on Instagram originally, just not for popularity or anything else, but it's just to connect with like-minded people. Mm-hmm. It was it was always a goal, you know, like growing up as a nerd, being into all these different geeky things, and I've always been the same like that. But I found it difficult to connect with people. And when I discovered social media, being able to connect with those like-minded people and, and to grow, and grow that profile was important. Um, and I feel like I did that. And, and particularly when the Neon Advance thing hit and it just blew right up and I had all of that exposure and struggled with, with coping with what to do with it. And I feel like it was an achievement to get to that point. It was an achievement to listen to what people were saying and, and cottoning on to the fact that this could be something quite big. And then when it did blow up, I was like, wow, it actually was. And then dealing with that and making something good out of it, I felt, I, I still feel really proud of what I managed to get from that. And then now moving forwards and in terms of my goals, um, I think it's it's very much like that, using that exposure and using my kind of, personality really and, and getting that across with the YouTube and and that whole presence. I hesitate to call it a brand, but you know that just getting me out there and being able to keep sharing and keep enthusing with with what I'm doing and share that with more people and grow that channel, I think is my next big goal. I mean it's it's not doing too badly. I'm on like two point something thousand subs on on the YouTube, which is great, you know, which I never imagined I would get when I first started. And it's steadily growing. So yeah, I just want to keep going with that and hopefully still get get positive reactions to what I'm doing and then see whatever else comes along that suddenly grabs me as well. I'm always open to the new things. What are some places that people can uh, follow you? What's the best way to get a hold of Joe Bleeps? Instagram's the main one. I'm always on Instagram. I've, I've been on Instagram since like, I think it was around 2012 when it was just literally just posting pictures. It was like a, a visual version of Twitter. Um, and then it's obviously grown and changed and mutated over the years. But I've, I still enjoy being on there. I'm still on there every day, sharing the different things I do. It's certainly the best one to follow me for, to see whatever I'm into at the time, because it's, it's so random in terms of that. Um, if you are interested in learning about doing the mods and the music, things I've talked about, definitely check out my YouTube channel. Um, all of my online presence is under the same name, so you only have to Google Joe Bleeps and you'll probably find all the different things. Occasionally I'm on Twitter. I don't do Facebook anymore. There's a much more positive sense of community to Instagram that I've always enjoyed. And you know, that, the visual side of it I very much like. So yeah, you'll find me on there. And if you do a quick Google for me, there's, there's all sorts of things to have a rummage through there as well. Joe, thank you again so much for coming on the show. If you want to follow him and ask any of your questions, I've attached his social media below as well as his YouTube channel. Thank you guys for listening in, and congratulations again to Jimmy Bowtoys. Next episode comes out on Monday of next week. We're going to talk about print on demand. If you have a brand or if you are an artist, you do not want to miss this next interview, I promise you. Until then, guys, I hope you enjoy.